Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Supreme Bohemes, where we embody a supreme energy while maintaining a bohemian lifestyle. My name is Mallory. And I'm Tasia. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the last episode. And I wanted to give emphasis on the voting. Like, you guys are really mm-hmm. <laughs> making sure that y'all voting on each episode. The numbers are going up on these polls. So I just want to thank you so much for just taking time in to either uh, give your thoughts on the what would a bohem do, yes. um, vote. I just I just want to take time out to thank y'all for that. Yeah, thank y'all as well for me as well. Um, let's go ahead and get into our get to know you question. First uh, one being, what celebrity man do you find ruggedly handsome? Um, the person that automatically came to mind was Idris Elba. Girl, that's on my on my <laughs> list too. Cause he's like the only one that looks yeah. good and he's rugged. But yeah, yeah. I don't um because I was thinking of like other people. Like um, I know the ladies love um Lakeith Stanfield, but I'm not. Mm. I'm not attracted to him. I yeah, thought me of him too. Literally, I thought of him, but I was like, but I ain't attracted to him, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried to, like, think of black men, but I really like actors, and uh, most of them are very, like, clean cut and groomed, so I, but the only other person I could think of was Jason Momoa, girl. Do you know I Jason Momoa? I know who that is. Yes, you do. Yes, <laughs> you do. do. Okay, Aquaman. You know Aquaman. I've never seen that. Wait, is it the dude that's in the poster? Yes. Yes, oh, yeah, he's, he's on handsome. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, he's handsome. Yeah, Jason Momoa is like the only other person I could think of that was, you know, universally ruggedly handsome, but to me, definitely yeah. handsome. Do you feel like maybe D'Angelo might fall into that? Oh yeah, I forgot about D'Angelo. Yeah, I, I was saying he's, he's rug he's rugged in a way. He's not like I feel like rugged is the opposite of a pretty boy. So mm-hmm. if you're not a pretty boy, you can, if you're the opposite of a pretty boy, you can be rugged. I was thinking about Yaya, um, but he dressed so clean. I feel like his look is rugged, and he okay. plays rugged uh, characters. If y'all don't know what I'm saying. I'm talking about Yaya Abdul-Mateen, the, I believe, third. He's an actor. He played in um, Watchmen. Um, so many movies. He was also on Aquaman. Okay. He's on um, the upcoming Candyman. I can't think okay. of nothing else right now off the top of my head. But one of his big ones was Watchmen. Um, how, can and- we, how can we miss Jay-Z? Yeah, Jay Z is, I guess, regularly handsome. I think he's handsome. I think Jay Z has his moments where it's like, oh, you remember that he's handsome, and then he has his moments where he looks a little off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, cause I definitely picture catch him was, at a wrong angle. Exactly, like, cause he doesn't pose really for pictures, so he always mm-hmm. gets bad angles. But definitely, um, back in the day, like, he was a heartthrob. Oh yeah, you know, he was really heartthrob. Fine. So Jay Z is, I think Jay Z is a good pick as well. I just, for me, I don't know. I haven't like not been thinking of rappers, so I was just thinking of actors, and that actually leads me into the second question: okay. What profession do you respect? And my answer was going to be actors because I just, I feel like it takes so much introspection to be an actor. Mm-hmm. You literally are creating a character or 
bringing a character to life that is literally someone else's story, something someone else wrote, and you're bringing it to life. I think it takes so much discipline and so much creativity to be an actor. And I really, really love how of all like the celebrities, um, the categories of celebrities, mm-hmm. actors maintain a certain mystique that most other celebrities don't do. Like they That's maintain true. their privacy. You only see them when you see them. And then you see them when it's something um, like an event, like a red carpet, but you don't just see them all in the media with mm-hmm. the scandals. So I really appreciate actors, all the thespians and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they also need uh I, I know in some movies a therapist is on the set too because they're so engaged and they're so mm-hmm. intertwined with the character that they're playing that in some movies that I heard there's like a therapist also on the set if they need counseling resources. Mm, yeah. What about yours? Um, I think a profession that, and this is a relatively new thought because for so long I believed in the quote unquote like American dream, go to school, get a job, blah, blah, blah. But I think anybody that really steps out of the realm and takes a gamble on themselves, I automatically respect their profession, whether it's I'm going to, you know, leave my job and I'm going to um, have a, I don't know, uh, a YouTube a designer, channel. Yeah, a YouTube mm-hmm. channel or I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go to school for therapy and have my own, you know, therapy center and office for resources or anyone that, anyone that creates something that where it's like, oh, wow, I didn't really consider that. Yeah. I think those are professions that I respect because I'm all for going against the grain, especially the older I get. I'm all for just going against the grain and trying something different. You know, when you go against the grain, it's not a promise that it's going to work, but at least you put in, put that gamble on yourself or took a gamble on yourself to challenge yourself to do something outside of the social norm. So that's where my respect lies. Okay. I like that. Well, okay. So we're going to get into the what would a bohem do? And say, do you want to say the tweet or? Oh, no, that one's for you. Oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> okay. So the tweet that I have here is from Shield A. And if I'm saying that correctly, it's S H E O D E H. I hope I'm saying that correct. Um, she said, I'm starting to see the secret to self-love is developing some talent slash being excellent at something. When external circumstances try your self-worth, you can return inward and bask in this fact. What do you think about that? I think, um, in a sense, it's agreeable, but in another sense is, uh, I don't like this word, but it's a little problematic because... Okay. When you tie your self-love to something outside, I mean, of course, talent comes from you, but it's something that you, it's, it's a product, it's something you produce um, uh, externally, whether it's singing, painting, skating, whatever it is, decorating, whatever you do, it is outside of yourself, unless it's all contained inward. And I don't know anybody who has a talent that is just all 
in their head or in their body. Like you have to do something, you have to produce something mm-hmm. in order for you to use that talent. So when you get, when you start using something that relies on you producing something to um, determine your self-worth, then if you're not, I, I feel like it becomes hard. It becomes hard for you to understand truly who you are as a person without that production production aspect. Um, I think self-love should be just attached to who you are without any type of production, without any external circumstances, things, without your looks. It's just literally who you are on the inside, not what you can produce. And when you start saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm maybe feeling bad about myself, but I can mm-hmm. do this. You're always relying on doing something to feel love for yourself. And I don't think that's healthy. Okay. Okay. I do understand your perspective. Um, I do think that is also beneficial because in times of like internal turmoil, you can look back at the accomplishments and things you've done to help get you out of that rut. So Mm -hmm. I do understand what she's saying. And I also see how it can be beneficial because I like when I was real down and low, for an example, like when I was really going through my shit, I had to think about the accomplishments that I've made, not saying that those accomplishments define who I am, but it does feel good to look back at those things to remember, like you're better than the moment, the low moment that you're currently in now. So I do see how it does help. But do you think over time, like, is that something that you have that you use as a part of your practice of self-love or is it just Mm -hmm. one of those things where you use to get out of a bad situation to remind yourself of who you are oh that's a great question um I feel like it would be the second option okay um because I don't think that it can help build self-love because you can just like you can create something that has the potential to to be destroyed so mm-hmm. I don't think that it can necessarily build your self-love. Mm-hmm. You have to do that on your own. But I do think it's a great, great coping mechanism from when mm-hmm. you're low. Because when you're low, you feel like shit. You feel like you haven't even accomplished anything. And sometimes it does take that reflective moment or period to look at the things that you've done in order to build yourself back and be like, hold up, wait, I am that, I am that bitch. Right. Okay, I see that as well. Yeah. Okay, well, when we post this on our Instagram, make sure you guys comment of how you feel about self-love and as it relates to talents and the skills that you have. I really want to see what you guys have to say about this. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and get into our inner supreme. So as you guys know, you voted for Black Luxury. And I'm so excited that this is the topic that you guys wanted to discuss because it has been a hot, it has been a hot topic mm-hmm. on um, the internet recently. I would say, shoot, since last year because you know everyone knows about COVID last year and and how it had everybody kind of constricted to their homes, and now we see a reemergence of people um, indulging in outside activities. Going back outside. Going back outside and indulging in uh, self-care practices that can be pricey. Just self-indulgence is is a lot 
of what I've been seeing so far and a lot of the conversations that have been coming up about what is black luxury. And I feel, in my opinion, I don't think you can define black luxury because why? We are, uh, yes, we are an ethnic group or a, a race that has been constructed, but one experience cannot um, define all. So I do think, though, black luxury is a concept. And I think it's a concept revolved around Black people having access to a luxurious lifestyle and Black people being included in spaces that we historically haven't been kept out of. Yeah, I think that's the whole idea of what people are really talking about Black luxury. It's just we haven't been allowed to have these things. We, we want these things. We have the means to get these things. And we're doing it in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a world where we're told we don't have, we shouldn't we we are less than and we don't deserve certain things black luxury and the um i guess the re-imaging of that and the consistent uh i guess out, outcry of that mm-hmm. forces people to see that we're here and we deserve the abundance of lifestyle that other people other races have as well right um i do think in, in general, luxury is um, abundance, is self-indulgence with great comfort. Um, but the problem is, I've been noticing, is that a lot of, this is what I see a lot of times with Black people in general. Once we start getting tuned or hip to something or we be, we're exposed to something, mm-hmm. then we like to define it and, and put it in strict borders of what it should be and how it should work. And I feel like when you do stuff like that, all you do is become a direct reflection of your oppressor. You mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing. You're 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 creating it as a form of being classist or elitist or just basically making someone feel like they should examine their self and their value to reach a certain um a certain platform or a certain um level of status. So I think what's been the the um Yes, black luxury is something we've been talking about, but there's been a disconnect with people because now everyone wants to define luxury for each other and some people uh, disagree with these terms. So I think that's what we want to dig into today. Yeah, I think um, you I think the. How black luxury has like black luxury period has like changed and and uh transitioned through the decades you know Absolutely. like i think automatically about like the early 1900s and how you know i mean these organizations still exist but i mean they were like the prominent focal point for quote unquote you know black luxury or the upper um the upper class for mm-hmm. blacks like the jack and jills and um the uh, what, what is it the debutantes and all those type of like organizations and stuff like that it, i forgot what the other um what the other organization was but basically it was like i think it was jack and jill where they take like the kids out to somewhere like super luxurious and it's all black is black boys black girls all together but um and then they go for like they go somewhere over the summer mm. and they come back it's like but it, it was based off of what you could afford and your quote-unquote class oh, so now okay. i look i look more into it as we're in modern times 
and I see that I don't think it's necessarily on that level anymore but now it's honestly when I think of black luxury I think about the conversation to me when I interpret it is how people travel and vacation Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, a big part it, I of think it. that's a huge part of it. Um, I mean, I've seen a few conversations about, you know, candles at, you know, a very expensive place versus candles at TJ Maxx. You know, I've seen a little bit of that. But when I think of just the conversation of black luxury, I think of people going on a boat trip and then maybe someone be like, eh, I don't really like boat trips. I like going on yachts. I've also seen it dealing with fashion too. Those are like the big ones, um, travel mm-hmm. and, and fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, it all in all, I think not all in all because we ain't wrapping it up. But right. what I think about that is like we have to be careful when it comes to um black people in general when it comes to our exposure to something at rapid rates. Um, Just because your version of luxury is, you know, renting a yacht for your birthday or Mm -hmm. um, going to a certain uh, uh, out-of-country destination, you know, that may not align with someone else's interests. Therefore, it doesn't align with their version of luxury. And that's mm-hmm. where we go into the idea of there being variations in black luxury as in there are variations in everything. The whole idea of luxury and of, and of the politics around luxury is exclusivity. So basically in that, in that whole realm, when we're talking about black, black luxury, we are basically interpreting that same level of exclusion and that, that people have done to us before mm-hmm. um and it's and it's it it, it, it doesn't do it, it it's not a it's not a helpful thing when you do it in that way because i feel like what you're going to do is create more classism more elitism and separate yourselves ourselves in in numerous ways um i think that the view we have to understand that everyone has different um i guess different desires and different um tastes like some Mm. people like certain things a certain way and some people like things another way and your luxury may not be someone else's luxury like I don't certain things people do that they have to do and to you know like for example I don't really do brand like um high-end fashion house brands like I don't think that that's that's not really important to me. But if someone else is doing it, that's fine. But for me, I don't want to spend my money on that. Um, So if I were to shop at, you know, if I'm shopping at Shein and I'm buying something and another girl, you know, got her shit from Chanel, you know, she automatically thinks she's here and I'm there. And I just feel like Mm-hmm. You're you're creating a whole nother issue within our community. You're well, not even a whole nother issue. You're inf- reinforcing what is already being brought about in our mm-hmm. community. I yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I I also I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm kind of a I wouldn't say pessimist, but I have like very realistic like expectations for things Mm -hmm. I believe that like what you're saying is definitely true but I just feel that we're so in it's so ingrained in our society especially 
um, in our culture where it's like, I don't see it going. I don't see it like really going away or being challenged to another level. You know, if that makes sense. Like I could see conversations here and there, but honestly, you know, when it comes to us as a people, we have a lot of the crab in the barrel mentality. So luxury, I feel like the the conversation of luxury, I just feel like it enhances that Mm -hmm. even more. So it's one of those things that I really do wish that I I do, I ain't gonna lie, I feel like not every single person, but I feel like a good amount of people have some form of that in them too. Oh yeah, nobody's immune to it. Yeah, It may be in your own way, like it may not be on the extent of a high-end fashion brand but Mm -hmm. as far as just another example luxury can be in what foods you eat you can have the luxury of having a whole foods or uh, health food um trader joe's whatever health food market very close to you and you only eat certain quality of food and then someone else you know they're probably Mm -hmm. buying from maybe walmart save a lot and that's another way that it's just so ingrained in in us and it all depends on your experiences and what you deem luxurious and what you don't but like you said it's it's probably not going to ever go anywhere because we live in a classic society and mm-hmm. you know our experiences only emulate that so yeah yeah and I mean I'm gonna be honest I see forms of that even in myself like it's certain things that I used to like tear up and eat that I probably like would never eat again because I'm just, I just don't feel like I need to be eating that. Like, for an example, hot dogs or, like, chitlins. Like, I used to love chitlins until I was, like, six years old. And then they told me what it was. And I was like, what? No. (laughs) I'm never (laughs) eating that again, you know? Um, So I do feel like it's, it's something that you... It's good to address, but it's also good to be aware of what form of that do you have and are you hurting other people by having it? Because I don't think that there's a problem with you having a like a preference on the type of right. luxury you prefer, but it's when you start treating people kind of funny. Exactly. Or like I know for an example from my experiences, pe- women in particular act that way about hair. Like, as far as bundles and the quality of bundle. Mm-hmm. So, I've seen that. Like, oh, man, that's hair. She got it from the hair store. Versus, oh, no, I got mine online. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but, I mean, yeah, it's different qualities. But they kind of do the same shit. It's all about what you do with it and how you make it popping. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> um, but, I don't know. I just feel like it's definitely something that, I would recommend, you know, see what are ways in which you do it. And I I mean, challenge it if you feel like it needs to be challenged. But I don't know. I just feel like part of it is like we all have some form of that. Mm-hmm. At, at, and it's like, not just black people. <laughs> it's, it's not. Everybody. Oh, we sure as hell not. Because, you know, the the country down the road redneck is not having the same experience as someone who has multiple homes all over America that's, yeah. that works for Bill Gates. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely not that. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of happy that you pointed that out because 
it does remind me uh, that like that's global I'm sitting here saying yeah. like I guess I was confining in my mind like America but when you think about like the India like the caste system oh, even yeah, though it, exactly. that no longer quote-unquote exists but I'm sure that energy still exists. Oh, like yeah. you can't I just, just did a whole project yeah, on that. You can't just say like lives off of it. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just say like bycast system. Like a lot of this stuff is ingrained in like mm-hmm. the mind and society and how people socialize with each other. So even though it's quote unquote, you know, outlawed or whatever, that concept still exists. And goods and services just heightened it all. How we feel about each other how all of us feel about each other on whether we think certain groups are more uh, elite, more valuable mm-hmm. than others. Add in a, a mink coat, add in mm-hmm. um, goods, add in services, and then you really see how people really feel. Yeah. And I think I think it's just, you know, we ain't, like you said, we're not going to do away with it, but you should always be okay with what you like and mm-hmm. what you prefer and but you should not like if somebody isn't into that just they're not into that like you can't hold people to your standards um unless something is harming both of you like you know if there's somebody in your family you know you see them maybe doing something that may be um I guess self-deprecating at the end of the day that's their business but you know you may want to bring them hey this is a little bit more healthy or this is a little bit Mm -hmm. more just a suggestion but you don't treat somebody Disres- yeah, you don't disrespect them in the process. Like I, I've, I I've had an experience where ooh. I've um, a, a person felt dis- um, one of my family members felt mm-hmm. disrespected in the way that I approached it, and it it really made me like, damn, you need to. It's one thing to feel that way. It's one thing to be more knowledgeable on something, but it's another thing to make somebody feel low because of that. Right. So I just it just made me check that part of myself. I feel like I had my own form of that as well. Um, I took my grandma to the doctors. It was like two years ago. I took my grandma to the doctors and they were just saying how, you know, she does not need to be eating dairy like that. You know, she's asthmatic. She's older. She doesn't need to be eating. So I would, I relayed that information to my aunt. And she was like, oh, well, I mean, she doesn't have dairy that much, but she just had some cereal. You get what I'm saying? So it's just like... Mm-hmm. You can make your recommendation, and I I think where people get lost at is when you try to dig in and try to ingrain that in someone. Mm-hmm. That's where you mess up with. There's nothing wrong with having a conversation and just, you know, bringing it up, but when you're just like, what? Like, she don't need to be in, no. She don't need to be doing all It's like, uh, you don't got to do all that. Yeah, because <laughs> then you really become the bad guy in that situation. Yeah. And, you know, um, one more thing that I wanted to add when it comes to Black luxury. Um, we have to get out of... Now, this is something that I really feel like we need to get out the mindset of. It probably won't happen, but I'm going to say what I got to say. <laughs> the whole concept of, like, us traveling and feeling like since it's too many Black people traveling here, then... You need to travel somewhere else. I just want to let you know mm. that you are obeying the fuck out of your oppressor. Period. Mm. That's period. A, that's a big point. Because really it's like point. it's it's almost that whole mindset of like, oh, look, they niggering it up. Like we got to go somewhere else. 
everybody going to Tulum. I got to go somewhere else. Like, and I get that mindset. Like, I want to go somewhere else because everyone's going here. But I'm not doing it off of the idea that they nigger it up. too much <laughs> niggas up over there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just want to go to somewhere else because I see everyone's going there. But I'm naturally like that. I'm not doing it because it's too many black people there. Yeah, like, that ain't the case. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point to bring up. For real. Because when we can't be and we do that in a lot in a lot of ways. Like as mm-hmm. soon as black people get onto something now, we start acting like it's not that lit. But in fact, it's even more lit because we mm-hmm. all on it, mm-hmm. you know, like we make it what it is. So yeah, we we can't do that. That's and like lame. I said, I do understand the mindset of like when too many people jump on stuff, you be like, oh my God, I want to do something else. I get that. Something different because you want you want to do something that's a little bit different like you don't it's just mm-hmm. it's just that's a that's a big thing with traveling in general you want to go to places you've never seen but right now that we've seen so many pictures of Tulum it feel like we all done been there Shit, I know so. it felt like I've been there <laughs> so I like <laughs> so I almost when you first brought it up I was like damn I, I kind of don't want to go there because so many people go but when you explained it, I was like oh yeah I'm not trying to not go there because it's so many black it's people. too it's many black people it's because yeah. I don't want to go where everybody is going. I want to go to a different place, period. And when you're naturally a rebellious soul, you know, that is, that's like an automatic thought process that you had. Yeah. And that's understandable. But I say check it when you are obeying the whole concept of white supremacy because, I mean, they used to do that in Daytona Beach. There were no black people allowed. You know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. And then I think it was the creation of like Bethune Beach or something like that. So mm. um, it, it's so much later. We gotta is. we gotta consider like even in segregation, as horrible as it was, we made it lit by having our own shit, and we were only there. So just mm-hmm. take that into consideration. With you know, I'm not gonna say, of course, integration is not new, but it's still kind of a fairly new concept because. I mean, didn't laws pass for that in like the 60s? So we're still mm-hmm. kind of living through the transition of that. Right. Yeah. So all in all, don't shame people because they don't deem the same thing you deem to be luxury as luxury. And, you know, check your own ways in which you um, shame or devalue others based on your idea of luxury. Basically, that's that. I mean, that's pretty much it. I've even gotten out of the whole idea of just, I don't even talk about stuff like that. Like, it's just certain conversations I'm just not going to have anymore. Like, it's one thing to talk about what you like and what I like, and we are having a discussion. But once I feel like it's getting into a debate or travel Olympics, I fall back because I I see what this is turning into, and... I'm not a, I'm I'm just not there anymore. Growth. Love it. <laughs> In our five to nine segment, we are going to highlight Christy Creasy. She is a fellow marching wildcat. Hell wildcat. Hell wildcat. <laughs> and she is um a middle school and high school band director. But as her, you know, five to nine entrepreneurial um ventures, she has created a subscription box called Go Girl, Grow Girl. So let me tell y'all what this subscription box is all about. 
So girl, go girl, go girl, girl, girl. That's a really uh, good tongue twister. Go girl, girl, girl is a bi-monthly subscription box service that caters to your self-care and wellness needs. So how this works is each box contains four handmade curated items from local and local black and minority owned businesses, plus a small plant. Yes, for the plants, a small plant for you to grow with. In every box, you will find something that appeals to your taste, touch, smell, earth, and soul. I love, 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 love subscription boxes when they're, you know, when they make sense. And I love her <laughs> whole idea of, um, you know, wellness and self-care. Right, we were talking right. about um, self-love early. And I think a lot of that comes with self-care and taking care of yourself. So um, she's based in Atlanta. But you can... Um, of course, you know, do all of this online. So all you have to do is follow her on her platforms. It is at grow at go girl, grow girl box. Um, what of her other links? So at go girl, grow girl box. This is on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You'll find the links to her business on there and you can, you know, subscribe and, Remember, it's bi-monthly. So what I really like about this is the bi-monthly factor because yeah. most subscription services are monthly and a lot of times you end up skipping because you may not need all that product and or you don't have the money that month. So bi-monthly is a little bit easier on your pockets and on your consumption of goods. So yeah, uh, check out Go Girl, Grow Girl. And thank you, Christy Creasy, for being a part of our 5 to 9 segment. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we're getting into the Muse segment. Um, I actually have a street name for this. This is not even <laughs> a theme. It's called Mission Impossible. And the reason why I called it that is because I don't know about everybody else, but I just feel like I'm trying to get back on this fitness journey and I just feel super, I'm going to be honest, completely unmotivated. I know that it's good for me to do to wake up at 540 in the morning and work out. And I feel really good that whole day, but I'm going to be real. I don't feel like motivated. So I created the playlist for that reason. You know, a good workout playlist, even like I'm not a person that can work out for hours and hours. That's not really my thing. I love a good 20 minute hit workout, 30 minute hit workout. And I feel like this playlist will help with that. I'm going to have 21 Savage on there, Magda Stallion, um mm-hmm. and just a lot of the fast paced music that helps me up because when I put my music on shuffle, I'm a like an R and B like grown one to like R and B jazz person. So I will be working out at five forty five in the morning. And I'm just <laughs> like I do not feel like hearing no Isaac Hayes right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like <laughs> I definitely feel like, you know, this this is needed because I lost so much weight in 2019. Like I lost a lot and I feel like the main thing what the main thing that helped me was just having motivation. Once I had the motivation, everything was possible from mm-hmm. eating better to working out better. That and consistency, those two mm-hmm. things, like, I know I can really hit my goal. I'm not really a weight goal person. I'm kind of more of, like, all right, I like this shape. I'm going to stay mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, 
I don't really care for the scale like that. Um, But I want you guys to really tune in, listen, get your workout on, get your, your, I don't care if it's 10 minutes. I don't care if it's 20 minutes. Do some movement. You know, even when doctors say it's good to just go outside and walk around. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be anything that's super intense. Dang, I'm kind of talking the, to myself about that, like that. Because, yeah, don't let the uh the Instagram gym videos intimidate you to make you think you have to be doing a bodybuilder's workout. You really don't. You don't. Like, just, you don't. Just, just you don't have to do that. Just move around, walk around, jog. I'm a treadmill person. That that is what helped me lose weight last time. Treadmill and walking. So do yeah. do what you can. Do, do what, you, what can, you can, but hit your goal. Yeah, and remember um, the links to the playlist on Apple Music and Spotify will be in the description of the episode, and it's always there. So if you need to go to past Muse um, playlist, you can always find it in the link to the episode. Not Not the link, the description of the episode. Absolutely. (laughs) And um, lastly, we're going to go ahead into our poll for our next episode, episode five. So the first topic we're going to have you vote on is fear of proximity to African roots. I'm going to explain that really quick if you don't understand. Proximity is uh, your closeness closeness in relation to something. So this whole is the whole thing is your the fear of being closely related to african roots mm-hmm. or the amount of distance in between um next is black humor as a coping mechanism and lastly harriet tubman on the 20 dollar bill so those will be the three poll topics once again that's fear of proximity to african roots Black Humor as a Coping Mechanism, and Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. We will be posting those, that poll on Instagram and Twitter. Usually that'll be on a Friday. It'll end on that Saturday. So make sure you look out for that this upcoming Friday. All right? It's this upcoming Friday, I think. I don't know. <laughs> but you just, yeah, if you just follow out, yeah, this upcoming Friday. Mm-hmm. Make sure you just look at our, um, at our um, social media so that you can know when it's coming. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your feedback and your listening ears. Bye. Bye.